Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. They are the sounds that filled the SCG tonight. Didn't open with our usual music, but the Pakistan fans were in fine voice and generated a fantastic atmosphere here at the SCG. I'm, of course, Menas. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. Paul, Pakistan through to their first World Cup final in 13 years. Quite incredible after the way they started the tournament. G'day, Menas. G'day, everyone. Yeah, I reckon that some Pakistan fans would be saying, I think the world owed us that. A nice, quiet night where we never looked like losing. There was nothing, you know, there was a little bit of a wobble at the end, but it never really amounted to much. And just they could actually um, have a a comfortable, uh, orthodox passage uh, into the final after the the crazy tournament that they've had and the and the usual way that they often do bounce around up and down. It was an absolute destruction of New Zealand. Yeah, it certainly was. And, I mean, we'll get into the match details. But, you know, coming here, Paul, I know Pakistan and New Zealand have played in World Cup semifinals since 1992. But in 1992, there was that famous match across in New Zealand where Pakistan were gone and a very young Inzamar Malhaq uh, struck a fantastic innings. And yeah, I just thought about that when I strolled into the ground, you know, would this be a repeat that Pakistan had built up all this momentum and would surge into the final and a bit like Imran Khan, Imran Khan's team of 1992, this Pakistan team hasn't started well, but boy, after losing to India and Zimbabwe, they've been on a, 
you know, a real um, form improvement since then. Yeah, it was funny though, talking about how a year ago, Pakistan sort of uh, made it into the semis undefeated and then lost. And then this time around, they've gone the crazy way. And Bazid Khan in, in commentary said, yeah, this is, you know, they've, gone the, they've, got, they've come the Pakistan way this time. Yeah, fine memories. But let's focus on tonight's match, Paul. Uh, New Zealand won the toss and they batted first. And uh, they just didn't get off to a good start, did they? In the first over, they lost the wicket. And then after, well, after six overs, they were two for 38. And then after 10 overs, they were three for 59. So it was, um, you know, a slow start for New Zealand. But a dramatic start to the match. The second ball, um, uh, Maria Erasmus gave him out to Nalan LBW. And then it turned out there was an inside edge and he successfully challenged the very next ball. Afridi's um, breached his defences again, and this time the DRS didn't save him. It was a really pulsating um, start to the match, and uh, if only Australia could have done that to Finn Allen a couple of weeks ago. That really, really put New Zealand on, on the back foot. And then, uh, look, I absolutely uh, would have batted first had I won the toss as well, so I can't criticise Kane Williamson for it. it might have been one of those games where, strangely enough, it might have been the, uh, the actual good toss to lose for Pakistan because particularly that dismissal of Phillips where he tried to work on um, sort of off the spinner onto the leg side and ended up giving Nawaz a court and bold. It just seemed to stop on him. But maybe by the time that Pakistan had batted, started to bat, the pitch did flatten out ever so slightly. But yeah, New Zealand losing Finn Allen and losing Phillips, the, the two guys that most likely were going to score really quickly for them, really stuffed things up for them. And then that partnership between Williamson and Conway uh, it just wasn't good enough, I don't think. I mean, uh, Conway, 21 off 20, Williamson, 46 off 42. That's um, The pitch wasn't quite that bad, I don't think. I think they left some runs out there. Yeah, Kane Williamson said after the game that he thought the pitch was holding a little bit. So I think you're right on your analysis there. Um, but you're right, it, it's sort of probably a, a good toss to lose almost. Um, but yeah, you're right about that dramatic start. Finn Allen hits the first ball for four. Second ball, there's a, a, an LBW that's given out and then overturned. And then third ball, he's out plumb. So, you know, after three balls, there's been a lot of action already. But, uh, yeah, terrific. Ray, come- Ray from Erasmus. Too. Like, it must be hard as an umpire when you give one out, it's overturned, and then you see another one that looks plumb. It, you must be sort of thinking, oh, God, please don't make me get two in a row wrong. So I was pleased for him that he got it right. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, you, you spoke about the partnership of Kane Williamson and Daryl Mitchell. They got New Zealand to four for 152. Kane Williamson, 46 of 42. Mitchell, a fine innings of 53 of 35. A fresh well, I actually heat. spoke about the, sorry to jump in, I, I spoke about the partnership between Williamson and Conway saying it wasn't good enough. And part of the reason I would say that is because of the way that Mitchell played, that he came out 53 of 35, not out, strike rate of 150 odd. That's where I think it showed up the, the the performance of the other two to some degree. Yeah, do you think they got a, a little bit conservative? Kane said they kind of assessed um, what score they needed. Do you think maybe they were a bit conservative? Yeah, I don't want to be ridiculously criticising of them because I suppose the um, Williams had probably thought if we get somewhere in that sort of 150, 160 region and bowl quite well, then Pakistan have it in them to collapse. And events proved proved it wasn't to be the case. There was a drop catch early on. Maybe if that had been different, things could have could have panned out a little bit differently. And, uh, and as I said, I do think the pitch probably did uh, play a little bit better when Pakistan were batting on it. But 
I'm not all that impressed with Williamson's batting throughout the entire tournament. I thought he, he batted terribly against Australia when he got 20 off 20 when that's the only thing that stopped New Zealand getting from uh, 220 or 230 against us, the way that he played. I, I Yeah, I, I think if I was New Zealand, I'd be looking past him for the future. I, I'd say um, I don't think I want him in my, 50, in my C20 side anymore. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but... Um... Anyway, New Zealand finished four for 152. And then Pakistan just came out and batted so well, didn't they? Um, They got there, you know, in the last over, but they they looked comfortable pretty much the whole time. Um, You know, Baba and Rizwan put on 105, Baba 53 off 42, Rizwan 57 off 43. I I guess one moment that sticks out to me is in, in the first over, I think Baba was dropped off the bowling of Bolt by Conway. It was a really tough catch diving to his right, but I just wonder if Pakistan had been one for none, uh, what that might have done to the game. Yeah, that's what I was saying, that it could have changed everything if you'd taken that catch. Uh, but and it was a tough one. Um, so, yeah, um, it was interesting in the commentary hearing the, the – they kept on referring to Matthew Hayden, and Hayden was backing Bubba Azam all week and saying how you know good things are going to come. And they showed footage of him in the nets with him. And, as much as I sometimes criticise Hayden as a, as a commentator, I reckon he would be a great influence around the group, that you'd, you'd really kind of feed off his uh, em- emphatic positivity. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, um, in a bizarre way, I was enjoying watching, I was living vicariously through Matthew Hayden as he was celebrating every, every, every run that Pakistan scored. Yeah, so a, a terrific run chase from Pakistan. It lit up the SCG. I don't think New Zealand were ever really in it. And... They, they, although got to the last over, it, it never felt like they weren't going to get there when you're at the ground. And uh, I've got to say, the atmosphere here tonight, Paul, was just incredible, especially as, you know, it dawned on the crowd that, um, you know, they were going to make the final. It was a real party atmosphere. Yeah, the funny thing was, it never looked like anything other than a Pakistan victory, except I reckon that Pakistan fans, and I said at the start that they had, a, you know, a nice light with the slippers on and cruising. There was just that one moment. So they, I remember they needed 21 from 18. Um, then they needed um, 20 from 17, 19 from 16, 19 from 15, I think they needed. That's right, and, yeah. Um, Harris had slogged at one, missed it, and it was a dot ball. Ferguson came in and bowled, as they described in commentary, pretty much the perfect Yorker, tailed in towards leg stump. Uh, Muhammad Harris backed away and then middled it and sort of just timed it wide of mid-off through extra cover for four, and then he hit the next ball for six, and the game was 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 done then. But that ball out of the hand as it was homing homing in on um, on leg stump, if it had um, cracked into leg stump and suddenly they needed nineteen or fourteen, and Harris was walking back, some of the Pakistan fans might have been thinking, "Oh no, what are we doing here?" But yeah, aside from that, uh, it was very very comfortable. Yeah, so, you know, um, after the game, Kane Williamson said, you know, what really hurt about this performance was the fact that he didn't feel the team performed well. And I thought this was an uncharacteristically sloppy performance by New Zealand. Mm. Uh, you know, with the bat, they never got going. Um, and then with the ball, they just they just didn't look on, you know. Um, and, and I think as well, you know, you've got to give credit to Pakistan that they've really hit their straps at the right time. I thought Shaheen Sharafridi with the new ball set the tone. Baba and Rizwan set the tone with the bat. And from there, New Zealand were, were left behind. Yeah. Santana dropped a catch towards the end as well. It wasn't their 
yeah, it was a very disappointing um, performance from New Zealand. And I think that it will hurt because they will feel that they had the team to win this tournament, as did, as did several of them. But it was there for them to really um, go very deep. And it was a, it was a sort of a, a limp way for their tournament to have ended. Again, I, I make the point, I can't understand how when you've got a, a batter of like Tim Southey who can just hit sixes, why not throw him up there and give him a bit of a go? He barely got to face the ball in the whole tournament. I just, uh, I find that a little bit difficult to understand. Also, Jimmy Neesham, such an extraordinarily attacking player. For him to only get to face 12 balls, I, I don't think that they got their, their tactics all that right in that, in that way. But um, Pakistan, I was looking at their performances to date before this match, and it's just notable how good their bowling economy rates have been. Uh, they're, they're all kind of in the sixes and sevens. Uh, comparing that, comparing their fast bowling to Australia's fast bowling, all our fast bowlers are sort of eight plus. It's, it's notable that Pakistan's bowling performance leading into this semifinal was comfortably the most uh, economical of all four semifinalists. And they, you know, they, they bowled really well again tonight. Yeah, Nawaz bowled well again tonight. I thought he was pretty hard to hit. So, yeah, congratulations to Pakistan. They've surged into the final. Uh, the crowd here was 36,443. It's one of the best atmospheres I've experienced here since probably the mid-90s. Um, it was just that kind of wildness and passion and enthusiasm. And, you know, I spoke to, you know, one of the organisers and, you know, a, you know, a lot of these crowds are, um, you know, Australians that, that uh, you know, f- from Pakistan descent and live here and, you know, still support their team. So just a wonderful advert for the game of cricket in Australia. And I think a bit of a snapshot into the way the game's going to look in Australia in the future. Yeah, it looks like a tremendous atmosphere. Uh, uh, yeah, congratulations on you for, for being there. It sounds like you really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I think that... Um, um, Pakistan are going to be very hard to beat in the final. Uh, who's your tip, England or India? Uh, I, I'm still slightly edging towards India in the semi-final. I think it will actually get the, the Pakistan-India dream final. But, I mean, we'll record after India-England. You just never know. I mean, this, the England batting order is stacked. If, if one of those players has a good night, then um, India are going to be in trouble. But, yeah, just can't wait. Um, yeah, so we'll record after the next semi-final. Um, but any closing sentiments, Paul? Um, just that I agree with you. It was a great night for cricket in, uh, in Australia. Uh, it was on, on free-to-air TV. It was on GEM, so not, not quite the Channel 9, but hopefully uh, a fair few people watched it and, and, and more and more um, sort of typical Australian cricket fans who don't, rate, who, don't rate T, who don't rate T20 cricket. Hopefully this tournament is, is gradually convincing, him that it is auth- convincing them that it is authentic cricket and it is fantastic. And a um, little shout-out to me. I'm quite happy that I had a little bit of money on Pakistan mm-hmm. after they lost to Zimbabwe at 36-1 to to win the tournament. Well, fingers crossed for Paul. Uh, you can you can buy us dinner <laughs> if that comes home. Um, well, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Sorry if there's been a bit of background noise, but they're tearing apart the SCG after the World Cup. Um, so there's a, there's a bit going on, but I wanted to record straight away while everything was fresh. And, um, you know, as this finishes, I'm just going to put in a few more of the sounds from here, some lovely singing towards the end of the game. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Menas. I've been joined by Paul Dennett. We'll be back to review the second semi-final between India and England. But thanks again.
Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.